0: This week's episode of Ladies Who League is proudly dedicated to my very good friend Andrew Bryan, former deputy editor at NRL.com. After 10 years of working in the game, Andy finally hung up his boots yesterday to take up a new opportunity on the Gold Coast. Andy, I just want to say a very big thank you to you for all of your support of me and of Ladies Who League. You are an absolute joy and you will be so missed, but I look forward to plenty more conversations with you about Rugby League as a fan rather than as Deputy Editor. Coming up on today's show, plenty of Rugby League chat and a talk with Charlotte Kaslik, Australian women's rugby sevens player.
1: Turn your porch lights off because
2: we are coming over with a kofi. Last play. Reba goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Piso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball. You're listening to Ladies Who League.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm your host, Mary Kay, and here to celebrate that the Parramatta Eels are playing finals football for the first time since 2009 and have now secured a spot in the top four for the first time since 2004. If my panel wasn't so good today, I'd actually just end the show there because I feel like that's all we really need to say, but let me introduce you to my panel and I can't wait to talk footy with them. We've got Joden Perry from the AVC. Good morning.
2: Thanks for having me, Mary. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Very happy to be talking footy with you. I hear that you're a Raiders fan. Oh,
2: I'm a, long, I'm a long-suffering Raiders fan. I got a bit of hope last year and it was absolutely squashed this year. So,
0: I'm a long-suffering Eels fan. I wasn't even alive the last time they won a grand final. Well, at least
2: you made a grand final
0: while you've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it's going to get a little bit sad. Maybe I'll move on to our next panellist. Okay. I've also got apparently the face of rugby league. Yes, Is that what uh, we're calling him, Joden?
1: Yes, we are.
0: James Bracey from Channel 9. Thank you so much for coming back. So happy to see you again. Thanks for
1: inviting me back, Mary. If I'm the face of rugby league, then the game is in a troubled state. Uh, But no, great to be back. And can you two stop whinging about your long-suffering teams? At least you've got a team. I'm a long-suffering North City Bears fan. (sighs) I watch New South Wales Cup. To get my rugby league hit of red and black. So, you never know. I'm not going to go down the tangent of the Gold Coast Bears, but it Gold could Coast happen. Gold Coast Bears. You never know, though. You never know. Right,
0: rugby league, a, a, long, a week is a long time in rugby league. Very leagues, true.
1: So, <laughs> so I, I, I wait with bated breath and, and a lot of hope. But you still got Greg Florimo there at the coal face. Oh, you I never think, know. Man, he's a great man, Greg <laughs> Florimo. He's working very hard to make it happen. <laughs>
0: there you go. Already off on a tangent. <laughs> now, Joden, I'm coming straight to you for the first game between the Cowboys and the Broncos. The Broncos won this game 20 points to 10. What did you make of it?
2: Um, It was a big letdown compared to some of the, I guess, the Cowboys-Bronco games in recent times. And I imagine that's obviously because the Cowboys are very much injury hit without JT and co. But yeah, I wasn't wasn't very engaged. I sort of watched the first half and sort of started channel flicking. I I didn't rate it at all. I, I think the Cowboys, of course, have been very brave with all their injuries. They're still turning up for each other. Unfortunately, they just didn't have the polish to, to beat the Broncos. They probably didn't throw enough at them in attack. But in saying that, I'm not too sold on the Broncos as, as well. They're going to be a top three team. And I don't know, you saw what happened to them last week. They got absolutely belted by the Eels. So
0: If you're getting belted by the Eels, there are problems.
2: <laughs> well, I wasn't exactly <laughs> saying that, but you shouldn't be conceding 50 points two weeks out from the final. So I'm not completely sold on them, but...
1: You never know. On their day, brace they can they can certainly turn up. It was a weird game, this one. I sort of agree. I was there, and it was a great crowd. They had a sellout there over twenty three thousand, and there was a really good vibe. And you sort of had that anticipation. You had Broncos; they were never really going to fall out of the top four, but there was always this weird mathematical chance that you know they had a lot to play for. But as Jaden said, they were playing for a top two finish if the if things go right for the Roosters. But with the Cowboys, they're playing for their season. And as we speak, they're still a mathematical chance and sweating on other results and all that sort of thing. And they have been brave. But there was something missing in that game. Uh, I don't know what it was, whether the Broncos sort of came ill-prepared for the trip to Townsville. They got, they'd lost their last five games there. They had a, bad, have a very bad record there. Um, the Cowboys, they've been good to watch when they've had so many troops dropping like flies. They finally had sort of their best squad that almost that they could put on the paddock. But they're just tied. You could just see. They're really tired. The back end of the game, you know, they had a team out there without Darius Boyd because of the hamstring problem, just couldn't take advantage of it in the Broncos. They got the win, um, but yeah, not as sold as I was a couple of weeks ago on Brisbane.
0: I think it's a shame for the Cowboys and actually just for that game because we're so used to such an epic encounter between yeah. those two teams. But the Cowboys have just been so ravaged by injury this year. It seems that it happens to at least one team every year and unfortunately it's just the Cowboys year.
1: Well, that's it. I-, I couldn't help but think on Thursday night about my first Suncorp Stadium experience at nine this year it was round two and it was a 21-20 golden mm. point thriller. Jonathan Thurston with the field goal in extra time. And that was standing on the sideline for that, watching it and just going, this is just magic. This is rugby league league. at its best. And it's amazing what's changed between round two and round 26. And look, even if they limp into the finals, they're the team that you'd probably want to be playing against the Cowboys because they'll be visiting you, which means it'll be a Sydney team Mm. um, playing them, hosting them, and they'll be very vulnerable.
2: I was going (laughs) to say, so the, the Cowboys can still make it though. They're not definitely out. What's the actual equation surrounding that? Oh, this is so
0: hard. So it's funny. At the start of the year when I picked my top eight, I said that I thought this was going to be a really hard year because I only saw two teams not actually capable of making the finals. And I think that prediction has very much come true because I can't remember a final round that has so much impact on what the final ladder is going to look like. So, Bracey, I'm going to ask maybe for your help on this Mm because this is really hard.
1: The, if The math kills me with all this stuff. If Manly, yes. if
0: Manly beat Penrith by more than 38 mm-hmm. points, yep. the Cowboys stay? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> Level with Manly. Oh, this is coming from the NRL website. Level with Manly on points differential. The Cowboys can be guaranteed a finals berth if Penrith win at Lotto Land on Saturday evening while Manly would need to win by at least 38 points for the Cowboys to be able to leapfrog the Panthers. A Manly win would leave North Queensland's fate in the hands of the Dragons, who can finish as high as seventh with a win over the Bulldogs on Sunday, but a loss would see both Manly and North Queensland advance. So... They need things to go their way in the game at Lotto Land and then on Sunday as well.
0: They really need things to go their way. The most ridiculous one of all was me last night. We'll get to last night's game, but we were leaving. I was like, okay, dad, got to book my flights to Melbourne. I have to book them right now. And then a friend was like, Parramatta could potentially leapfrog over the Roosters if the Roosters lose to the Titans by, I think it's 30 points. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, that's not
2: going to happen. <laughs> should I book no. my flights to Melbourne? <laughs> yeah, I think you should. It's, it's, it's a bit weird, hey? It's like um, it seems like only the Storm can win the comp for me at the moment. I don't think anyone's in such a rich man of form as they are. But in points-wise, it is such a close comp. Like I was studying for work the cutoff point for the semifinals since I guess 2007 or something like that. It's always pretty much been 28 points. Mm-hmm. This year it's 30. So it's just it's that much harder. To make the finals you have to win more than half your games and a lot of teams are just around that log jam so it will be interesting to see how it sort of pans out but yeah i don't, I don't hold too much
1: hope for five
2: to eight sorry fans out
1: there and we could have had the top eight sealed after round 25 that was the weirdest thing about it. some obscure results last weekend has left it's given me the biggest headache leading into this round because you've got to get your you've got to get your notes right on air because you don't <laughs> want to be saying some team's a chance some team's not and I didn't do maths in year 12. I skipped that because <laughs> I was no good at it. So I'm sitting there with the cackle. I'm the son of an accountant and I had no idea what to do with these numbers come Thursday night. So it's a pain in the backside.
0: That Manly Warriors game, was that not the most oh. Warriors loss yeah. of all <laughs> Warriors losses ever? You, oh. could,
2: you could just tell with the seven minutes to go, whatever it was, you're like, yep, the Warriors will bottle this. That's what they do. And, and they do. <laughs> They
0: absolutely bottle it. Okay, I want to talk about last night's game. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Parramatta twenty-two points to sixteen over the Rabbitohs. Bracey, the most important question: mm. John Sutton's new look. What do you make oh. of it?
1: <laughs> All the guys on air were giving it a rap. Um, yep, nah. s- still not sold. Uh, it's yeah. a miss from me, yeah. I think. I-, I love John Sutton, but just a little creepy. I don't know if it's going to help him in contract negotiations either. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I don't know. But he was what, he was back in the forward pack last night for the bunnies. I felt for them because they'd. But losing Sam Burgess and Angus Crichton pre-match to illness, they've had injuries galore. It's just been one of those seasons. And there was a bit of hope there. Three straight wins recently, then conceded 11 tries to Melbourne last week in Melbourne. I just, yeah, they've limped over the finish line, haven't they?
0: They really have. And it's funny, I was walking into the ground last night and I saw a South fan and he's like, you're going to do us by 40 tonight.
1: That's what I thought it happened.
0: I said, mate, there's no way that's going to happen. I was saying to Joden off-air before that I feel like the Eels really aim up. For teams that are above them on the ladder, yeah. but for teams ranked below them, they really struggle. We saw it in the Knights game, and we saw it last night as well.
2: Well, it's a thing they need to rectify pretty quickly. I mean, no doubt they'll turn up against the Storm next week. But if they lost that game and then they played someone underneath them, what could happen then? Like, I mean, they they've beaten the Broncos twice very comfortably, and then they've nearly got beaten last night and they got flogged by the Knights. I mean, that says. Something I wouldn't about- go as
0: far as flogged. <laughs> The Knights?
1: That's a flogging. That's a flogging. What's well, a when
2: flogging? It, when it's the Knights, it's when, a flogging, yeah, Mary. It, that,
1: that's, <laughs> a, that's a shellacking
2: for the Knights. <laughs> yeah. 29-10 uh, almost worth 50 when you lose to the Knights. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just a, uh, I don't know. They, must just, they put so much into last week's game, they might not have yeah. had, been able to get to that level again. But <laughs> as we just said, they need, to, they need to get that right these next couple of weeks. Otherwise, Mary will be very sad. But
1: don't you love the, the reward for finishing fourth? is a trip to Melbourne to play Melbourne. Oh. I mean, hardly a reward. But they are. They're the last team to beat the Storm right back in round oh. 18, the Eels. So they can you know, take some solace from that. But that's it's the second chance. That's the beauty of the top four finish. It's the guaranteed second chance that if things don't go as they want next week in Melbourne, they'll, they'll get to go again.
2: Well, Mary, you'll be praying that my team, the poor old Canberra Raiders, will soften Melbourne up a little bit tonight
0: for you. Yeah, a couple at night. No, never wish for injury on the Storm. <laughs> but... It's funny, I said two things to my dad last night. The first was, I don't want to finish in the top four because I don't want to play Melbourne. And he said, don't be stupid. You want to play that second week in the finals. And the other thing I said was, I don't want Parramatta to win a grand final without Clint Gutherson. And he said, you're also an idiot
1: if you you don't
0: take a grand final win. But um, yeah, look, I've been... Last night's game, I think we just ride it off and move on to next week.
1: It wasn't pretty. It, it, it really was pretty wasn't. ugly. It was, I was sort of waiting for them to click into gear in that second half. I thought when they scored that try before half time and took the lead to the break and knowing they'd won 13 from 13 when they'd led at time this season, the only team with a That's one, a great it's stat. It's a great stat. It's a David Middleton special. So there's the <laughs> only team in the competition to have a 100% strike rate. At the break, when they're leading, I thought, "All right, I'll go on with this bit of a, You know, and Brad Arthur's the king of the halftime spray, and you just knew he was going to give it to the Eels. really? Oh, it's so good! It's great TV. I love it. Yeah. And he and he was he was pretty um pretty firm with them at halftime, but still sluggish in in the. They got away with it, but there were some chances there at the death for the Rabbitohs. After Mitchell Moses missed the conversion, it's still six points right at the death. There were some nervous moments. They got away with it. They get the top four finish. Second chance. Well done, Para.
0: Absolutely. I also enjoyed um, the brothers on show last night. What about Michael yeah. and and, the, and his brother? And
1: Rob, the, yeah, and the, it's and the, and the, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, yes, the stats. Rob. There was they were talking about a lot in commentary last night about brothers playing against each yeah. other and whether they both scored in matches, which they both did did last night. But you got some famous names uh, along the way, but it was good to watch. First time they've gone head to head. I, could, I couldn't see how many times did they actually come together obviously
2: he was playing centre and one was playing yeah. winger. but did they, did they meet often N- not often they would no. have been good though. they would have been a couple of good face
1: rubs yeah. and things like that and <laughs> You know, fingers in the mouth, maybe. It was like watching uh, Tarek Sims and Regan Campbell-Gillard and the Panthers-Dragons. I didn't know they were cousins. Who knew this? All of a sudden, Sturlow, I think, mentioned it in commentary. I went, oh, and then that sort of explained why they did that. Oh, so it was fantastic. Kinetic energy at its best. Seeing those two just slam into each other Mm. and then laugh and pat each other on the back afterwards. I thought, oh, how good's that? And then you find out they're cousins.
0: That was a nice little gem from last week. Yeah. Uh, Joden. Talk to me about another game you're looking forward to this weekend.
2: Sea Eagles versus Panthers, I think. That has a bit of a bearing on the top eight. I don't know the equation. But, I mean, last time they played, I think Panthers won at Pepper Stadium about fourteen four or something along those lines. They kicked about ten penalty goals, but the the penalties were in favour of Penrith, like fifteen two. I know a lot of Manly fans were absolutely filthy about that. Manly were filthy. I remember Daly Cherry ever's just into the ref all night. So they're going to be really fired up for this game, and I mean they have to be because they frankly weren't impressive against the Warriors at all. And well, Penrith are cruising. How many? How many? They they won seven or six or seven in a row, then lost one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is going to be a bit of a blockbuster.
0: I want to question Penrith. They're the team that I'm not sold on at the moment. So... It took them a very long time before they beat a team in the top eight. I don't think it was till round 16 or 17. Yeah. And look, you can only beat the team in front of you, but I think they have had a softer draw leading into the finals than some of the other teams. And I think they were showing up a little bit last
1: week. Yeah, got a young team too. That, that's one thing I worry about them with finals footy is just not having that old experience team, particularly in the back line, just to calm things down as well. And I don't think this talk about Matt Moylan's going to help either. You know, your club captain... Yeah. And you're reading the telly today. You know, the, when you've got the, the club boss saying he's a 50-50 chance of hanging around, if, you know, if he gets an offer too good to refuse, we won't stand in his way. You know, this is ahead of finals. I
0: found that really bizarre because for me, Matt Moylan is Penrith. Like yeah. Matt Moylan, Nathan Cleary, they're sort of the nucleus of what they want to build their team around. I never thought I'd hear about Matt Moylan potentially leaving the Panthers.
1: No, a bit left field. It's... But the the one thing I think that's... the I've noticed, and talking to people who are watching Pen- Penrith closely, is it? I'm not sure whether it's working with Nathan Cleary. He seems to play better alongside Tyrone May in the halves. So I'm just not sure whether they're on the same wavelength, Joden.
2: Yeah, I think I think with that team, obviously we know how good Nathan Cleary is now, and how we how good he will be. He needs to run that team by himself and sort of Matt Moylan, I feel, needs to play a bit of a second fiddle and not take control and demand the ball as much as he does. And he will come up with those good plays, those freaky offloads and passes, which he does. But Nathan Cleary has to really step up and he needs to be the one in charge because they they have so many skillful players that can pull anything out at any time. And Nathan Cleary just needs to direct that around a bit more than hand over to, to Matt and he can sort of, you know, flick and throw round the back passes.
0: The other question about Matt Moylan, if he were to leave the Panthers, what position would he play? Like, where
1: would he go? Yeah, well, apparently he wants to play in the halves. That's his that's Okay, his he so, wants to so play in so the he halves. he wants to be 5'8", right. not a fullback. Um, I guess he's – because he has been compared a lot, or at least he was, uh, been compared to Darren Lockyer, and I think he sees that transition um, going from fullback to 5'8", uh, is inevitable for himself. I'm trying to think of a club – that you know that is, is after a six at the moment. You know, could he end up at the bunnies? Might he go and play fullback at the tigers? Yeah,
2: who knows? Mm, interesting rugby league. Might, might go to the other cat team, the tigers. Eh, they've still got a couple of bucks. Yeah, yeah. they have
0: got some bucks. Who are you going to tip in this game, Joden?
2: Um, I think I think Manly will win. Actually, I think they might have just a little bit more to play for. As you said, it's highly mathematical that they will lose, but I think they really want to put in a good performance heading into the semis because if they don't, they could be they could be out next week.
0: What about you, James?
1: Oh, Manly at Manly, I just I, wor- I just worry about their end of season form. I'm just I'm a bit like I'm just not sold to them. I,
0: I don't know who they good. are as a team. Like yeah. I don't know who's going to turn up. Is it the good Manly? Is it the bad Man? Like I don't know.
1: No, I was at Leichhardt for that game against the Tigers oh. and just the fade out there. Seeing how that much they struggled and got out of jail against the Warriors last week. But Penrith, I'm a bit with you on that too. I just, I don't think they've, but maybe this is the big test for them. You yeah, know, maybe this is the match they need to have um, given a wake up call against the Dragons. So, oh, Panthers, Panthers in a narrow one.
0: Okay. I'm going to tip Manly because Dylan Edwards isn't playing.
1: Yeah. It's a big loss. I, he's good.
0: a massive loss. Yeah. So it'll be a great game. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Well,
2: whoever builds the most pressure, I think. I mean, Daly, Cherry Evans and Cleary, whoever can force the most repeat sets, really, because they've got enough strike power, mm-hmm. each well,
0: team. Manly are apparently the specials at forcing repeat sets. I think, um, yeah, they've, they, they lead the comp in forcing those repeat sets.
2: Okay, well, they're not taking advantage of them then, are they? (laughs) No, (laughs) they're not.
0: I read that stat somewhere. I need David Middleton's help. What about you, Bracey? What game are you looking forward to?
1: the one straight after it, it's live and free on nine, mind you. Of course. I'm looking forward to this just because, look, the storm of the storm, and everyone's expected them to do a job, but you've got a camera side with nothing to lose. And I just think they'll be throwing the ball around. I'm interested to see how Melbourne approach the game too. When you've got first spot consolidated, you don't want to get any players injured. Yeah, will they rest any? Uh, and it's in Melbourne. I don't know. I just I look at this match. I just love watching Melbourne play v- between Vunivalu and Ado Car. You just kick back, get the popcorn, and watch them score six tries again. I I think the Rays will give
2: it a good shake. I think they're still filthy about last year and what happened in the preliminary final down there. Yeah. I don't think they can beat them. I don't think they're anywhere near good enough. Like their fifth tackle options are just being garbage this year, but. I think they can give it a good shake. They always turn up against Melbourne. Of course, C.S. Soliola's playing, so just look out, Billy Slater. You never know what's coming Mm. your way. But I think, I think that would probably be
1: one of the games of the round, personally. Do you, do you know what, Mary? I just remember, I think on the podcast when we chatted earlier this year, I said, wouldn't it be nice if it was a replay of the, I think it was, we are talking about the 91 grand final between the Raiders and the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went well. Nah, nah. <laughs> Canberra, I, yeah, oh. they had been, the, for me, the disappointments of the year. Because uh, you're right, after that, what was it, 10 straight wins or whatever last year, or that amazing back end of the year to get through to the prelim, just miss out on the granny. And, and the Panthers just haven't come along. I think they've been, they got burnt by that start to the year. And where they just sort of stuttered and spluttered their way through the beginning and they've had had this nice streak at the back end. So maybe next year.
0: Maybe next year. I read an article a few weeks ago about who was the most disappointing team of this year and I put the Canberras and the Panthers together because Mm. at that stage they both had the opportunity to play finals and I said whoever misses out will be my most disappointing team. So it's Canberra but Penrith have also been pretty disappointing. The Warriors too because they fool me every bloody year. Every bloody year that they're going to make the finals, and they never do.
1: How they haven't made the finals with that team anyway.
0: That's uh, that's another podcast. That's another another podcast. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure which game I'm excited about. It's either the Dragons or the Bulldogs, but do you know what? I'm going to say West Tigers v. Warriors just because... Is there a better finale to the regular season than Leichhardt Oval on a Sunday afternoon?
1: Yeah, there could be 80 points scored in that yeah. match as well. Just <laughs> it's
0: fee- who knows what's going to happen? Touch
1: football at Leichhardt. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting one to finish with. Too. And because there's nothing at stake, it almost becomes an exhibition game, doesn't yeah. it? it? It'll be good. And a farewell to, for the Leichhardt faithful for Tedesco and Woods. I, the way those guys have been playing too at the back end of the year, I'd be so sad if I was a Tigers And
2: fan. just on that, I imagine Tui Lahia wants to have a good crack at the, his former club. You know, they wouldn't give yeah. him a good run. They put him out on the sting. So he's in at 5'8". Um, I, I think he's going to stand up and really, he could, he could score a few.
0: The thing with the Tigers is, is that I think they've actually been okay in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, they've been playing some good football. They've met some real quality opposition, which has been a shame. but. Yep. I'm tipping them tomorrow afternoon.
2: They really need Teddy to stand up and have a crack. Like in that game last week against the Panthers, I think they played, I think I heard his name twice in the game. Like, you know, usually Teddy puts his stamp on the game. He's sniffing around the ruck, hitting holes and just didn't see him. So he's really really got to do that if they're a chance of winning.
0: It's way too early to talk about next year, but there are some teams (laughs) that I'm seriously scared of next year. The Roosters are one of them. Can you imagine them with Teddy? Like what are they going to do?
1: It, he's he's going to thrive there, I think. When you, you know, and you bring in, you know, the Mitchell Pierce factor as well, he'll just love having him in the playoff. It's just, it's going it, it's a it's a great coup for the Roosters to have been able to manage that. I, I still I feel sorry for the Tigers because I really would have loved to have seen him stay there, um, especially now with Ivan Cleary at the helm. And mm-hmm. I think it, you know the recruiting he's been doing. I think it, I'm, I'm sad for Tigers fans, but yeah, the Roosters fear them. Gus says they're a moral to beat Brisbane next week.
0: Okay. Yeah, he loves Ooh, what he okay. says. There you okay. go. All right. Well, if Gus Gould says it, yep,
1: he says Broncos no chance. Even if it's in Brisbane,
0: no chance. No chance.
1: It's a big wow. call. It's a big call. That's oh, a
0: massive call. I, I, well, I'm
2: not sold on the Roosters either. I'm not really sold on <laughs> anyone. Who
0: are you? The, the Storm. Yeah, right? the Storm. Yeah. Of course.
2: I mean, the, the Roosters are so good in attack. I did love their performance when they played the Storm. I think if they can replicate that sort of form they can pretty much beat almost anyone because they should have had the storm that day. They, they scored in the last minute. But the Broncos, like I said earlier, they're one of those teams that they might not be in great form, but they can just come out and bung one on. And and they can easily do that.
0: And I think that's probably the key message heading into finals is that the Storm are this benchmark team. Like, they're absolutely the benchmark. I can't remember a team being so dominant since probably Parramatta in 2001. Like, do you remember when Parramatta were just miles ahead Mm -hmm. of everyone else?
2: Yeah, they were dominant until the grand final. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that (laughs) ended. Sorry, sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that ended well. Uh, But any of the other teams in the eight on their day, I think are capable of beating Melbourne on their day. Yeah, and
2: I think those teams like the Parramatta's and the Penriths can really do that, or of course the Broncos too, because they can play that sort of offload second phase game, which will disrupt the Melbourne defence. Because if you just run the block play with the fullback out the back, Melbourne will pick you off every time and put you in the touch. So, Brace, those those you know the the Bryce Cartwrights
1: and co that offload the ball at the line mm. really trouble the Storm, maybe. Yeah, I just I just can't see I can I can't see the Storm being beaten. I just they're just playing. Unbelievably consistently good footy. If they win tonight, then they go through. If they get through the grand final win, that's ten straight wins to finish the year. So maybe they need to have. You know maybe that's why I'm intrigued about the game against the Raiders. Maybe I feel it's like the they loss they need to yeah, have. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's a silly theory because it's probably completely unproven. Uh, but you know maybe they they need to the hiccup. Maybe they don't. I just. I just can't see them slipping up in finals footy when you just look at that team. And it's Cooper Cronk's final year there. Don't forget that added motivation.
0: That's right.
1: Mary, can you remember the last
2: time the Storm were off? Yeah,
0: No, because Parramatta were the last team to beat the Storm, but that was during State of Origin. And I think that's when I really started to get on board because as a Niels fan, I'm still a little bit dirty about the salary cap stuff, which is ridiculous because of what Parramatta did last year. Mm -hmm. But watching the baby storm play and realizing that even when they lose Slater Smith and Cronk there's just this next generation of talent coming through ready to p- replace them i was just like i was in awe the baby storm were great during state of origin
2: well they should have beaten the roosters that day remember and pc got the field goal in extra yeah, time that's right it's pretty scary to think about they've just they've got such a well run club they're going to be so good for years to come even when the likes of smith and that go and the young smith comes up yeah They're going to be good for many
1: years. Look (laughs) at Brodie Croft, the clone of Cooper Cronk. Absolutely. It scares me when you watch him play. He's faster. Cameron
0: Munster as well has gone to a new level he has. He
1: has. What he did in Origin when he was called up. I mean, and you just, you you look at, and you've got to give Craig Bellamy some credit for that too. I mean, you can talk about the Smiths, Cronks and Slaters and the the influence they have on the players around them, but there's been one common factor the whole way through and that's been Craig Bellamy.
0: And the thing about the Storm is that players go there to become better players. Like we were talking about the Warriors earlier we all know what happens to a player when they go to the Warriors when a player goes to the storm though like an enter that system
1: yeah, Sam Cassiano next year I'm you watch intrigued him. he'll be 10 kilos lighter by the time the season starts and he will have a blind and he'll
0: maintain him. it I think that's the thing like yeah. Sam starts the season fit and then you know it sort of peters <laughs> off but yeah Craig Bellamy isn't going to tolerate nah, he's crap Sorry, <laughs> He's yep. not
2: going to tolerate his crap yeah.
0: oh, yes. I thought you said Sam Cassiano was no. crap was
2: like, No, no He was going to be a monster face. I know, I
0: was like, not on my show
2: That was, that was another thing I was going to say too Is can Can anyone remember a player that's gone to the storm And hasn't become a better player? Yeah it no. just doesn't happen. You see, like, I guess what you would call sort of normal first graders, like, for example, Chase Blair. Chase Blair, Blair Ryan Morgan. Goes down there and, mm. they, and they start carving up and they're scoring all these tries. I mean, Josh out we knew he was fast last year at the Tigers. Look at him this year. Look at the try he scored last week when he's, like, came from the dead-in-goal corner post on the other side and chased down Suley and got the kick and scored. I mean, they are amazing. Even when the Storm aren't going great, they just give it to one of them guys, don't they? Mm.
0: So next year, between the Storm, the Roosters are fully fit Cowboys.
1: Raiders. Oh. Eels, the, bears. Goal, the Gold Coast Bears, <laughs> <laughs> the Gold Coast. <laughs> Easy. You'll hear the rainbow frog go up the fire and make the deal. Just look at the blue and gold of the mighty
3: eel. They're running out the thick and strong and kicking up the hill. If you want to be a football player, go and see the eel. Play
0: now chatting with Australian Rugby Sevens superstar Charlotte Kazlick following the opening round of the Aon University Sevens. Good morning Charlotte, how are you?
3: Good morning, I'm very well, thank you.
0: That's good. Now Charlotte, last week the Aon University Sevens kicked off in Tassie and you're playing for the University of Bond. What sort of preparation did you do heading into first round with your team?
3: Um, we didn't get to prepare too much with our own team because we were in our pre-season down in Sydney, so... Um, I think we were about five weeks into pre-season, but every time I came back to Queensland, I'd go down and have a training session with them. Um, So we kind of just turned up on the day before the tournament and then slotted in to the teams.
0: You did quite well for slotting just in because Bond finished second on the ladder behind the University of Queensland, so you did quite well.
3: Yeah, we did really well. Um, Considering we only won one game the whole tournament, I'm not sure how... We pulled that off, but um, I guess that's sevens for you. It's a funny old sport where anything can kind of happen.
0: Charlotte, three of the four top teams were from Queensland. Why are Queensland so good at rugby sevens?
3: Um, I think that's probably credit to the Queensland Rugby Union program up in Brisbane at the moment. They've got Lachlan Parkinson, who um, has been instrumental in the growth of women's sevens, and the rugby clubs in Brisbane have really taken on board that um, growth of the game, So I think it's, yeah, credit to them and the grassroots that they've developed up here because I don't think in New South Wales at the moment they've got the same thing happening.
1: Hey, Charlotte, James Bracey here. Great chatting with you today. Hey, you're an Olympic champion in this sport. Do you find that that's put a big target on you when you go to events like this?
3: Not really. I think, well, like, obviously in every team we've got a couple of Olympians, so you kind of always like, oh, like, watch out for Emily Cherry. But um, I think as coming back into this level, we want to really try and help them and help them develop and answer any questions they might have about the next level of the game. So we're trying to, yeah, just be more helpful than anything with the girls coming through.
2: Hey, Charlotte, it's Joden here. Um, As you just said, seems Queensland's bloody good at everything lately. Um, (laughs) just, Just on your Bond University team, Um, What's what's sort of the team like? What's the team makeup? What sort of ladies do you have in that team? And do you have sort of any real big stars of the future that you think could be coming through there?
3: Yeah, we've got um, a quite diverse group of girls. They're all very young. We had um, a little 16, 17-year-old sissy who um, got injured on day one, but she was absolutely killing it. So I think she's someone to look out for.
2: What's sort of your training regimen? Are you all year-round ripping in or...?
3: Yeah, so we've got about 19 girls in our Australian squad down in Sydney, and we train every day, or besides weekends. Um, So we're usually at training from about 7 till 4 p.m., doing field sessions, gym, analysis, physio, and everything in between. Um, And then at this time of year, we kind of play the domestic tournament. So like Central Coast, New Zealand's coming over for a training camp. Um, And then we go into our World Series. But for the girls that obviously aren't in our squad, they train, like I know the Queensland girls train a couple of times a week um, and then play in the domestic series that starts about this time of year.
1: Charlotte, have you noticed since Rio last year a rise in interest in the sport and perhaps even maybe the professionalism of it, people wanting to get involved and taking it more seriously?
3: Yeah, I think so. Before Rio... Sevens had that party vibe, and it still does, but there's so much more that goes into it now. I think all the teams take it a lot more seriously, and instead of being the end of season, um, piss up that it used to be, it's more about um, like really focusing on getting specialist sevens players in to play these tournaments. So I think that's been awesome, and then the growth of the women's side's just been incredible. There's I've been to like, my old school this week, and there was 50 girls turned up, to training and I think they had about 100 sign on at State High and then I was down at West Rugby and there were 50 girls training down there too. So um, considering when I started playing five years ago, it was a struggle to get even a team together. I think it's, yeah, pretty incredible.
0: Charlotte, can you tell us about preparations for the next leg of the tournament, which will be in Sydney next weekend?
3: Yeah, so I'll be back in Sydney next like, week training with the Aussie girls and then Um, when my Bond team flies down, I'll be out with training with them for a day or so and then we'll play again um, on the weekend. So I think at every tournament, the teams are going to get better and better and the standard will hopefully improve when we all gel together a little bit.
2: Charlotte, um, what's it like when you line up against some of your other teammates that are in the other teams? Is there anyone you really just want to smack?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not really. I think we probably are very competitive with each other, though. Um, it's awesome like I the UQ team has Emily Cherry in it and she's undoubtedly one of the best players in the world for getting up to line up against her um, they actually made me mark her which I never really play centre and she's a centre so that was really different and obviously very challenging for me so I think it's awesome to try and help us improve as well and um, to be the best I guess you've got to play the best so I really enjoy playing against Um, Ches and Quirky and all the other girls. So yeah, We do get very competitive against each other though.
0: Good. Charlotte, tell us a little bit about the braids. Do you do them yourself?
3: Um, No, I don't. I'm a terrible braider. So someone always gets scripted up having to do my hair. Um, Usually Alicia Quirk does them because she thinks that when she does them we win. So um, that's a little superstition we have but yeah, there's heaps of girls on the team that braid. So it kind of just gets passed around. Whoever's finished strapping and ready to go does it for me.
1: Aaron Woods in the rugby league needs to start braiding his hair. <laughs> I think he would be a safer bet because he gets a pulled a lot, so much. Hey, uh, your social media account. I was just going through your Instagram, uh, Charlotte. Plenty of pictures on there of you with animals. Um, even, <laughs> even a photo of your bedroom. Are they Cabbage Patch dolls on your bed? Yeah. yeah look, my sister's they had Cabbage are. Patch Dolls. I haven't seen them in ages.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love my Cabbage Patch Dolls. <laughs>
2: um, Charlotte, a few of the um, Aussie Sevens girls played the, with the Wallaroos in the World Cup. What did you sort of make of that performance in that tournament? you think they just transferred straight over the 15-a-side game pretty, pretty easily?
3: Yeah, I think so. Shani and Shannon had a background in 15, so they were always going to slot in really well. Um, but Mahalia had not played much 15s at all. So I think she did incredible to um, play the way she did, considering she'd never played with the girls before, let alone played the 15 style of game very much. So I think they did really well. They finished better than they did at the last World Cup. So I think they were really happy with how they went. But I guess it just shows the resources they have at the moment probably aren't good enough to match it with those teams like in New Zealand. Charlotte, this is a question I've been waiting
0: to ask someone on my show for the entire year. What happened to your social media accounts after you won the gold medal at Rio? Did they just go absolutely insane?
3: Yeah, I probably from day one in the tournament, I probably got to like day three. I would have got about 40,000 followers.
0: (gasps) Wow. That's a big (laughs)
3: jump. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I know the... Men seventeen was just sitting there instead of watching us play it. It was just on my Instagram refreshing. Oh,
1: well were you done. Just, were you just absolutely sledging the blokes too, with how good you were going as well? Was there good banter between the two teams over there?
3: Um, not really. I think it was probably a little bit too fresh at the time. My yeah. boyfriend plays on the men's team, and he got Does. injured on day one. Hard. So it was like I won a gold medal, and then 24 hours later he. Torres hamstring in a Olympic game so it was a little bit awkward and obviously heartbreaking for him so we experienced the highs and lows of the Olympic Games in 24 hours but I think they were really proud of us they were um, obviously felt a bit of pressure coming off our win having to play but um, yeah they were really proud of us and supportive and um, a little banner goes around but yeah we'll try and be nice to them
2: <laughs> Mary's got a note here that um, Charlotte your mum Tracy follows her on Twitter um, can you just tell us a little bit about your family and how supportive they've been during your career
3: yeah my parents have been awesome They obviously when I was young they got me into sport and drove me around to hockey athletics touch cross country and every other sport that I was playing so they were awesome and have always been so supportive of me and what I wanted to do um, my dad And mum, to an extent, have started Tribe 7s in Brisbane, which is like a grassroots program to help kids get involved with rugby 7s that don't necessarily want to play 15-a-side rugby. Um, So I think they've probably done so much for the whole sport, not just me, which is pretty cool. And I'm very proud of what they've done as well for other girls coming through.
2: Well done, mate. Well, of course, it's Father's Day tomorrow. What have you got lined up for the old fella?
3: Um, we've, got, we've got his tribe seven trophy ball tonight, and then I gave him a present yesterday because I wanted to open it already. What was that? It was it? just a book. <laughs> Book. That's, it was that's, a book, but I wanted to read it, so I made it open <laughs> yesterday. <laughs>
2: Nothing wrong with that. It always works. A book or a golf voucher, I think,
0: works for yeah. <laughs> Charlotte. Charlotte, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good luck for the rest of the tournament. I'll be coming down next week to cheer on the Sydney team. I'm sorry, I can't cheer for a Queensland <laughs> team. But also a big shout-out to your mum. Whenever I tweet something about you or one of the Aussie Sevens girls, she's just so supportive and you can tell how proud she is of you. So Congratulations.
3: <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'll let her know. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the
0: Two time Olympian Caroline Buchanan has had a phenomenal year. She finished second at the BMX World Championships in the USA at the end of July, won the Crankworks Pump Work title in Canada last week, and then went on this week to claim her eighth World Championship in Italy. Caroline is one of my favourite athletes, and it's outstanding to see her doing so well after Rio last year. I also want to congratulate the Wallaroos, who this week returned from the Rugby Union Women's World Cup in Ireland. Now, the Wallaroos finished seventh the last time they played this tournament, and this time they finished sixth, so it's great to see the team improving. With such improvement, I think that a top four finish is certainly on the cards for next time. Congratulations to all the women that participated. We're super proud of you. And finally, for all of those missing the AFLW, make sure you tune in tonight for the Women's State of Origin. Women making a name for themselves in Aussie Rules football. We'll show you that. You're unbelievable. Before we say goodbye on today's show, I'm so disappointed that we've missed the biggest issue of the week. Joden, what do you make of Macklemore playing at the NRL grand final?
2: Oh I think it's terrific. And I mean, Brace, they got him at a bargain. I think it was about how many. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, how good. I, I've, I've seen some social media outrage at the decision to have McElmore there for the grand final entertainment. Couldn't be happier with it. I had a busting in the car on the way here for the podcast today and I'm, it's got me going. I'm, I'm ready for my Saturday.
0: I'm so pumped and I know Tim Watsford at the NRL who works in that space and the minute it got announced yesterday, I sent him an email and said, Tim, have you done this? And he's like, it was really hard work, but we got there. I'm so pumped. I yep. love Macklemore. Get around it.
1: Uh, yeah, people, but Could you rather just... him or Jimmy Barnes?
0: Haven't we had him enough?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Like... Look, and, I, and I'm all for for the Aussie factor, but it's, I don't mind mixing it up if it's if it's some, like I can just I can hear his songs, and if they if he plays the right ones on you know, on the night, you're gonna it's gonna have a good vibe there.
0: Absolutely, I'm ready for a party. I
1: Looking think I think he'll go down well.
2: I mean, Aussie acts are great. Like Grinners were great at yeah. um, State of Origin, yeah. but uh, Macklemore's a pretty big name. I think he'll do us proud.
0: I agree. Who's going to be in the grand final, Joden?
1: <sighs> I think I think Storm Roosters.
0: Okay, all right. Storm and Roosters brace.
1: Well, it's funny, before last night's game, I was thinking Storm Eels. And then I watched Parramatta and I watched them struggle against Souse. And then I thought, okay, if it's not the Eels, who is it? I, and I honestly, I'm. Brisbane on their day, like you said before, Joden, can do it. The Roosters on their day. Uh, and I don't think the Roosters have played their best footy yet. I think that's still there, ready to come out. So. Oh, we're we going to agree on our grandpa. Oh, we, we could. We might. I, I was. I was convinced it was going to be storm eels um, the way it was going, but now I'm. Now I'm starting to doubt myself on that. Oh, I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to say storm, storm roosters. roosters.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, we, I
2: don't who do you think, Mary?
0: <laughs> oh no no no! I asked the questions oh, on the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, look. Do you know what? I can't. I can't say the eels because that will inevitably curse us, and we will exit in round two storm roosters oh. well, let's just go with okay. what everyone else has said there, there we go spins. storm roosters Jordan thanks so much for coming in it was a lot of fun today anytime Mary thank you so much now where can people find you on social media
2: oh uh, my name Jordan J-O-D-A-N without the Jordan without the not R not Jordan no you find you type that in you'll find me on most of the accounts the, the three main ones anyway Awesome. Sure.
0: Okay. I'm sure you'll get some new followers after today's <laughs> yeah, performance. <sure. laughs> James, thank you also for coming in. I've loved your commentary this year and love seeing you as the face of Channel 9. So well done on a great year.
1: Thank you, Mary. It's been good fun. Had a, I can't believe it's round 26. It honestly feels like yesterday I was sitting here and we had...
0: Irene. Uh, <laughs> me,
1: Irene from home and away. I was like, <laughs> this is was the most surreal thing sitting next <laughs> is it to it? Irene. Watched watch my whole childhood and there she was and we were talking footy with her of all things. How good.
0: Where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah.
1: At Bracey James. Someone stole James Bracey. So I'm at B-R-A-C-E-Y. There's James. another James yeah. Bracey? And there's a cycling journalist called James Bracey. And I think he's got most of them. And he get, cops a lot of a lot of sledging <laughs> on social media. He's like, I'm not that guy. Leave me alone. I live in the UK. So sorry, James Bracey. <laughs> on the other hand, there could be fans of him that stumble across yours. And you get a few follows there. Mate, there you so. go. A few, yeah, a few cycling buffs. But yeah, Insta and a lot of photos of my dog on Insta. So I'm sorry about that.
0: No, 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 no. That's the sort of Content that uh, my followers like to see, animal pictures. Maybe I'll tag the other James Bracey in the podcast and see if we can't get a retweet. (laughs) Get him angry. (laughs) Thank you so much to everyone for listening and for the wonderful reviews you've been leaving us on social media. If you are on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you jump on and listen to some of our past episodes and let us know what you think of the show. Super excited to be heading into finals football, even happier that the Eels will be there. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Give your dad a massive hug. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League.
1: Turn your porch lights off because we're coming over with a trophy.
2: Last play. Reba goes out the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball.
3: You're listening to Ladies Who League.